If we see God as a distant God, we're always going to try to jump through hoops to make him happy with us. Uh, but if we see him as he is, the God of love, the God of grace, the God of favor, that's going to cause a whole new internal uh, mechanism that, that will, will change the, the way we live our life. Prayer will become different, devotional life will become different, the way we treat our family and friends will be different because we're coming out of grace, uh, out of supply rather than out of demand. Which God are you serving? The God who you're constantly failing, feeling a condemnation that isn't there? Or are you serving the author of grace, the God of second chances? Do you look at friends or coworkers and think, I wish God would bless me like he's blessed them? On this episode of the Gary Wilkerson Podcast, Gary talks about finding not just God's favor, but experiencing something far above what we could ask or think, God's ultimate favor. For many Christians, that's a goal too lofty to grasp, but Gary tells us it's already available to you. Now here's our host, Bob Dittmer. Well, welcome to the uh, Gary Wilkerson Podcast. We're glad you joined us on what is a snowy day here in Colorado Springs. And if those of you who are watching on video, you can probably see the outside. It's uh, nearing a blizzard, but it's been that kind of a week here in the Springs. As our producer Chris pointed out, at least we don't have to worry about airplanes from the Air Force Academy today. Not flying today. Low visibility. I wasn't sure we were going to get here this morning. And then uh, we we, we did have our office closed early in the week because of the the blizzards. And it was was nasty. uh, But it's, it's nice and warm inside. And we're here to talk about something that's very timely. Talk about God's favor. And it's timely because uh, Gary has just written a book on this topic. Gary, that's that's out now and available to folks. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited about it. it uh, you can get it on Amazon, online, order it, or uh, uh, bookstores. Uh, it, uh, I've written a couple books, and uh, this one already is my favorite. I, I think a lot of people say that when they're authors, they whatever they're working on is probably becomes, becomes their favorite. But I don't think I've ever put something together that the Holy Spirit has allowed me to be a part of that um, has something so clearly can benefit people's lives. It's not just information. It's not just um, biblical insight. It it really goes to the core of the the greatest human need uh, of knowing who we are, of, of how to overcome in life, how to how to how to really be transformed, because uh, a lot of people I meet in my 40 years of ministry experience, I meet people who are Christians, but they're discouraged, they're downcast, they're troubled, they're fearful, they live with uh, <clears throat> anxious thoughts, worrisome nights, sleepless nights, and they're wondering, uh, what's wrong with me? What's you know, uh, how come other people seem to have God's favor and I don't? So I'm, uh, I'm really excited about this book because of the potential it has really to transform people's lives. And again, I know everybody says that when they write a book, but, but I, I really feel God's heart in this book. When, uh, sometimes when I, in some of the other books I've, I've written, I go back and I reread them. I go like, yeah, that's okay. Um, and, and if I could be so, you know, Paul at one point said, said, let me boast a little bit. If I could boast in this one, I, when I went back and reread it, I, th- I think this is going to help some people. Uh, I, I feel blessed to be a part of this because, um, again, there's so many people that are hurting, and uh, th- this could this could be a life changer. When you talk about God's favor, what do you mean? What are we talking about? Um, I, I, my mind goes to a quote by A.W. Tozer. He said, the, "The way we view God will determine uh, the course of our life." Uh, so if we see him as an angry God, we will always want to try to appease him. Uh, we, we will see him as a demanding God, and we're always uh, helter-skelter running around trying to, trying to uh, live a successful life, live, live a holy life, but always feeling like a failure. Uh, if we see God as a distant God, we're always going to try to uh, jump through hoops to make him happy with us. Uh, but if we see him as he is, the God of love, the God of grace, the God of favor, that's going to cause a whole new 
internal uh, mechanism that, that will, will change the, w- the way we live our life. Prayer will become different. Devotional life will become different. The way we treat our uh, family and friends will be different because we're coming out of grace, uh, out of supply rather than out of demand. So, so grace supplies the power to live a holy life where law demands you got to do this. And so if you see God in the wrong way, you're going you're gonna to live from this demand. I got to try harder. I got to do better. I got to do more. And you're always feeling like a failure. Uh, but if you see God's favor as 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 it is, you're, you're going to have a whole different uh, view of your own life as well. So so it changes your view of God, and it changes your view of yourself as well. I know a lot of people in a messy world that we live in. Uh, they think, you know, I look around my church, I look around my community, I see people really doing well. They're they're successful. Life seems to be easy for them, and I am always struggling. Why do they appear to have God's favor, and I don't? Right, right. I, I face that personally. Um, I live here in um, Colorado Springs, not far from the Air Force Academy. So I have, we have neighbors, and they'll come over to the house and say, like, uh, oh, my son just graduated first in his class, uh, you know, and he's a jet pilot, and my daughter is, uh, you know, graduated number one in her class, and she's going to be a brain surgeon. And I'm going, like, oh, my son is trying to get off drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and, and thank the Lord he is. He, he, he was set free and four years clean and sober now. So I've got my own victory story as well. Mm-hmm. But there, there are certain times in our life when we compare ourselves to others and we see like, wow, they, they pray and God seems to answer every prayer. I pray and things seem to get worse. And, and so we begin to get very suspicious of, of God's favor. Maybe he favors other people, uh, but not me. <clears throat> There's an old hymn that goes, pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art falling, do not pass me by. It's almost a really sad song, you know. Just uh, it, it's 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 it, it's looking as look. It's it's a confession of looking at a God who examines us and says, "Are you worthy for me to stop and rest on you, to comfort you, to give to you, to bless you, to change things in your life, or should I just pass you by?" And many of us have that again. That image of God is a God who will pass us by if we're not uh, behaving well, or if we're not uh, if we don't have all our ducks in a row. Uh, if we're not walking in, in uh, you know, perfect holiness, and it's a, it's a, um, it's a perfectionism that that uh, destroys your life. So, so I would say that um, it, it's it's one of the one of the great losses people have in not understanding God's favor on their life, and then engaging in that favor to see it uh, unfold uh, has to do with the image of God, and they they view God as not falling on them and then they also view themselves as well why because I'm not worthy of it because I'm not not I'm not performing well enough hmm. a lot of people will probably uh, look at themselves and say I find all kinds of problems in my life uh, and yet they're we're commanded to love our our neighbor is there any connection there between our not loving ourselves and yet loving our neighbor are we truly doing what we think we're doing what yeah. we claim to be doing I would I would imagine that anybody who's living under self-judgment and self-hatred, deprecation of themselves, might um, uh, uh, by show, like, I don't love myself, but I love you. Uh, I'm not good, but you are. Can that be a reality? Can, Can you really live with that kind of judgment on yourself and not be... Uh, so I would say, for instance, jealousy would, would spark up in you if you think I'm no good, but you are. Mm-hmm. Then in reality, so can you love somebody and be jealous of them at the same time? No, you're, you could put on a front of that. And so the, the reality is you, when we are stuck in uh, self-hatred, we're not going to love other people well. Mm-hmm. And it's not until we learn to, you know, as Jesus said, uh, love your neighbor as yourself, 
um, he, he, he's talking about self-acceptance there, that, that uh, realize that I've made you well, that I am for you. And, and when you live in that, you, 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 can, you, you, don't, you don't engage in uh, envy, jealousy. All those words that, that Paul admonishes us to, to avoid, uh, again, it can't, you can't just bootstrap that. You can't just, just pick yourself up and say, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to be jealous anymore. I was, but I'm not, today I won't be jealous. Today I won't be envious. Today I won't have any strife or division. Um, it has to come from the heart, and, and I believe it comes from knowing who you are in Christ. And once you accept yourself and have his peace, then when, uh, uh, so, so you don't feel like a failure when others are succeeding. If you feel like a failure and somebody else is succeeding, you're going to be envious, jealous, mm-hmm. maybe division and strife. Mm-hmm. If you feel content inside and you see somebody else su- succeed, you go like, awesome, go for it, let me help you. And so serving, serving becomes stronger, uh, praying for others becomes, you know, uh, I remember one time I was uh, speaking at a conference and I was speaking second and the guy who was speaking in front of me was, was he started preaching and going, ah, oh, that's really good. And then he got, he got really going. The crowd was like, started on their feet and clapping. Like, Man, he's really good. And I was, and I'd been praying for him the first, you know, ten minutes. And then you stopped. Then I stopped. I was like, <laughs> yeah, like, God, this I can't follow this. You know, it's like, why have you blessed him so much and not me? So, so my self doubt caused me to start judging him, and I did. I started saying like, oh yeah, he's just got the crowd riled up. He's just that's all emotionalism, and I and I caught myself saying like, you know, this is not his fault. This is me. Uh, I've got to realize God's given me a message. He's, he's put his spirit in me, and I have something to say. And then all of a sudden this peace came over me. It's like, yeah, he'll, he needs to be himself and do what he does well. I need to be myself. And I got up and I preached, and I just I have a more of a kind of a quiet demeanor when I speak. And it, but, but because I dealt with that, that issue in my own heart, the Holy Spirit was able to use me as well. And so the two of us together were, were a greater blessing. So just imagine how much blessing the world is missing. Uh, so, so much of the pain and suffering could be solved by uh, people of God who know who they are. Uh, the, the, uh, you know, Daniel says that, the, the, uh, the people of God, uh, you know, 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 they know God and they're strong, and they do exploits. Mm-hmm. And so uh, knowing the nature of God and his favor causes us to be able free to do exploits, and we can really love other people well. And that's, boy, what a change. Uh, it, it is, it's a dynamic change from uh, a, a self-centeredness that is closed in on itself uh, to an openness to, to receive others and be a blessing to other people then. Hmm. Is it the problem that we just shouldn't be looking at other Christians? You know, I think of the story with Jesus walking on the beach with the disciple whom God loved, Jesus loved, and says, what about him? Mm. <laughs> Do we just get too, too caught up in worrying about other Christians and their walk and what they're going through and, and not yeah. thinking about Jesus and our relationship? Yeah, you know, you know, you know, as, we, as we get older, we... We, we see family stories change. And so, so you know, I'm, I was in a rough season, and those who I was comparing myself to, like, wow, they must have been perfect parents because they raised these perfect kids. <clears throat> this, the seasons change, and, and then they're, like yesterday, I, got a, I was on the phone with a friend, and uh, he's somebody who helped me through when my son was d- dealing with some addictions. Um, and so he was asking me how my son was doing, and I, I told him, oh, he's doing great. And I asked him, how's your family? And all of a sudden he started crying. He goes, I'm having, and he explained the situation. Uh, you know, so uh, there, we, uh, Jesus said, in this world you'll have tribulation. You're, you're going to have trouble. Um, I was hearing somebody talk about this the other day. So, you know, in, in the garden, when, when God created the garden and put Adam and Eve in there, he also allowed a snake to be in there. So there was a snake in the garden. 
And <clears throat> the tr- true reality is, even today, there's always a snake in the garden. There's, there's never a time in our life where we are going to be problem-free, trouble-free. Uh, one thing in our life could be going well, and then all of a sudden something else turned the corner. Uh, if we expect our life to be problem-free, crisis-free, trouble-free, when we get hit in those trials and tribulations, we're going to have a, a poor view of God again. We're going to say, you know, where are you? Why have you abandoned me? What am I doing wrong? Again, it'll put us in that performance trap. If I get perfect, then God will get back and he'll start changing the situation. But the snake's in the garden. Uh, and uh, the more we realize we're going to have, we're going to face trouble, uh, the, the, the better it'll be. You know, the, uh, do you remember the, remember the, I think it was Joshua, and uh, he comes into the, he's, he's entering the promised land after Moses wasn't able to bring the people in. And when he gets there, there's five enemies left in the land. And Joshua's kind of, I don't know if he's complaining or just wondering about it. Why are these here? And he goes, I left them there on purpose to train you how to war. And so, so it's, we, we are not outside of God's favor when we are facing trials and tribulations in our life. We, uh, part of his favor is to leave those things there to, 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 to grow us up, to make us, you know, as, as men, make us men, make us women of God, make us strong, give us power, give us faith, give us confidence, give us boldness, teach us how, how to step on the head of the serpent. Uh, that's, that's what, that was the biblical promise, that he might bite our foot, but we're going to step on his head. And so, so I believe the favor of God is not just sort of a nice, sweet sentiment, like, oh, isn't, that, isn't he sweet? Um, you know, he lets us sing songs on church on Sunday. That, that's not the favor of God. That's, that's part of worship. It's a great thing. Uh, but the favor of God is powerful. It's strong. It's a, it's a boldness. It's a confidence that no matter what happens in my life, I know God is for me. No matter what happens in my life, I know who I am in Christ. I know that he hasn't given me the spirit of fear, but he's given me the uh, power and love and sound mind. And so, again, in this phone call I had yesterday, I was telling my brother in Christ that, uh, you know, you're going to have trouble. You don't, don't expect not to. And he was like, I don't know why that helps me so much because it seems like that would make me sad. It seemed like that would be, oh, no, this, this is what life's going to be. Uh, but for some reason, it, it helps us uh, get to the place where we are, um, are, 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 are going to do battle. We're, we're not going to put our sword down. We're not going to put our shield down. We're going to realize... Uh, this is life, and life is hard, and there is suffering in life. But because of the favor of God, um, He gives us this power to to triumph over it, to to uh, be strong in the midst of it, not to give in to despair, not to wake up in the morning and just say life is so bad. I'm just going to pull the covers up over my head and stay here. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to uh, I can't do anything to help my kids. It's this uh, without a sense of God's favor engaging in our life. It's it's hard for us to. Uh, continue on in the midst of, of, of the pain and suffering. When we know God is on our side, uh, we, we're like the kings of Israel, you know, who, who look out and say, uh, the enemies against us uh, are, are far outnumber us. And God says, look again, you'll, you'll see that I'm with you. I have my angel, horde of angels fighting on your side. That's, that's part of God's favor. You know, when I think of sometimes denying God's favor. I, I don't think so much about looking at other people. Sometimes I look too much at myself, and I think it's not that I'm lacking God's favor. I am being disciplined. 
Is that wrong? Because sometimes you get into this rut where you never think anything good will happen because I'm still in this this season of discipline. Yeah, right. Is that a poor well, the view of, of God? discipline? Don't you think is, you know, he, he describes that as being part of his love. Those he loves, those he loves, those he cast his favor on. Love is part of his favor. Those he loves, he disciplines. And and if you don't get discipline, then you're maybe not be a son or daughter. And so we welcome discipline as best as we can. And he says there so clearly it's not pleasant. Uh, and and yet he wants us to be honest in those times. Uh, I, 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 was, I was speaking with a friend last week, and she was saying, um, here's my situation, and my wife and I are praying for her. And, and she just said, sometimes I just I get so angry at God. I just, he, so, he frustrates me so much. You know, I was thinking of uh, St. Teresa of Avalia. She said uh, uh, she was going through a hard time in her life. They actually cast her in a, in a prison, and she was in this dungeon, and it was damp and cold, and she was complaining to God. She says, God, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few. Uh, you know, the reality is sometimes we can get this view of God uh, when we, because there's a snake in the garden, uh, because there's five enemies left in the land, and we have to fight, sometimes we get weary. And, and, and so this woman was saying, it's like, man, I just want to you know, I, I just want to shake an angry fist at God and tell him he's not there. And I, my advice, this may not sound real pastoral here, but I said, go ahead and do it. You know, just tell, tell him how you feel. Uh, you know, if you read Psalms, I think Psalms 88, you know, it uh, talks about the darkness that I'm in and, you know, the, the abandonment of God. There's, there's this, uh, it's not something we get stuck in or we don't stay there, but it's okay to express that heart. God's, God's favor is that he's big enough to help us through this. I had a seminary professor who talking about Job, in the section of Job where God starts to answer Job. He says the lesson there is you can say anything you want to God, just watch your mouth. <laughs> Be careful how you say it. <laughs> how you say, yeah, 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 he is yeah, the God yeah. of the universe. Right. Well, well, while I do, I do recognize that discipline will will be there and it's good for my good is it possible that people get into they get into the cycle where they never expect good things to happen then because they can never get over whatever they did that caused the discipline yeah yeah they they whether it be discipline or just that false view of god or whether it be be the the idea of if something's wrong in my life i must be at fault or god's at fault and so uh, you know blame the blame game that that, uh, that uh, I think that ends up in le- leaving us in a real negative, uh, having a negative outlook on life, and you see people like that. Just everything's bad. Uh, they, you know, everything is trouble. Um, nothing is good. Nothing works out for them. Uh, it, it is what I write. I write about this in the book. Um, it, it comes from mentalities. Others are blessed, but I'm cursed. I'm cursed with this this cursed life, and this is this discipline or this this suffering, uh, this this pain I'm going through, uh, is because I'm cursed. And I, and and that when you get stuck in that, man, it can be so bad. And that's that's really what I hope the book does is help people lift people out of that that funk, that spiritual depression, uh, that that soulish depression of, uh, of of just getting stuck in that sense of I'll never amount to anything. Um, I'll, 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 I'm never I'm not good enough. I'm not. I'm not holy enough. I'm not, uh, you know, again, it's, it's usually a comparison thing that we are talking about earlier. Uh, the idea of, like, when I go to church, all of these Christians, they have their hands raised and they're, you know, and they're smiling and they're, they're, you know, sometimes there's tears in their eyes and they're writing notes about the sermon. I'm, I'm sitting there like, God, where are you? And so it, it has to do with an image of God, but it also has to do with self-image. Uh, the, um, man, this is, this is tough to talk about because I, I've, I've struggled with this on and off my whole life is, uh, and, it, and it sounds like pop psychology, so it's it's kind of hard 
to talk about as 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 somebody who longs to be nothing but a man of God and not a psychiatrist. Um, but but the 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 dealing with self hatred um, that that uh, I just don't like myself. I don't like. I'm disappointed with myself. Um, that comes from when you have those feelings. It, it, I believe it always comes from not understanding the favor of God is on your life. Uh, but but I but I, and I meet a lot of people that are dealing with that. That I'm just when I examine my life, uh, I am disappointed with the outcome. I, I'm disappointed with the. Some people say I'm disappointed with. You know, I didn't raise my kids well, or my marriage has fallen apart, and it's my fault. I'm disappointed with my career; it just didn't work out the way I, I wanted to. And so it, 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 yeah, it can do two things. Then <clears throat> one is to drive you in despair and, and total inaction. You do nothing; you just um, check out. You, you know, you show up nine to five, do your job, but you just go home and watch TV or play video games. So you check out. Or the other thing is, it's the sense of. Uh, <clears throat> When I get this, then I'll have self-worth. Then I'll accept myself. Then I'll realize I have God's favor on my life. And it's always an agenda. So for me, growing up in a home where my father was, was quite well-known in Christian circles, he would preach somewhere and there'd be standing room only and <clears throat> he'd be on TV and he'd write a book and it'd be a bestseller. I grew up thinking that's what a success, that's what God's favor was. That's what a successful Christian does. And so for me to be, to have a self-worth and self-acceptance I, I felt like I had to be popular, uh, like almost like a Christian celebrity. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I wasn't getting there. I, I felt like I was always falling flat, and so I would re- redouble my efforts, pull up my spiritual bootstraps, try harder, get better sermons, and it was so stressful. It, was, it caused anxiety. It caused a sense of, uh, again, it, it ends up. It sounds like too strong a word, but I don't think it is. A self-hatred, uh, a self-loathing. It's just again, a, a, an honest assessment. I'm disappointed with the outcome of my life. And it wasn't until I realized it's like, okay, I, I am setting up this, this false self, like this self that I am creating that is successful and popular and um, a best-selling author and uh, you know, uh, tens of thousands of followers on, uh, on social media. That, that is when I'm going to be happy and successful, and that is when I'm going to accept myself. That's when I'm not going to be disappointed with myself. And that is idolatry, and that is nothing but self-interest, and that is nothing but um, wanting to build your own castle. But Jesus has this amazing parable, but you're building it on the sand and not on the rock. There's no way you can do that. So so years ago, I was thinking of this, and, and I had this kind of mental image that I believe the Holy Spirit gave me. It was, I, I was on the beach, and I was on this tall scaffolding I was building, and, it was, and I realized it was my life. I'm building, I'm building this life, and I feel like if I can create this life, that has this popularity and success and celebrity and fame and riches, notoriety, then I'm gonna feel good about myself and I'm building this thing. And all of a sudden I see this in, the, in, my, in this vision, I see Jesus at the bottom, I'm going like, oh good, he showed up finally, he can help me build my life that I wanted to, <clears throat> and a lot of Christians do that. You know, Jesus, come help me build the life that I, the idolatrous life I believe will make me happy with myself. And instead of helping build it, he starts shaking the scaffolding. So here I am up probably two, three stories up in this thing. And he's on the bottom, and there's sand, and there's wind blowing. And I'm saying, Jesus, thanks for helping. And instead, he's like rocking it back and forth. And I'm getting scared. And he goes, <clears throat> he goes this thing, th- this isn't right. You're, this, there's, this, this is not solid. This is not, and a matter of fact, this is not who you are. Um, and he, and, he's, and the, so the idea was come down, abandon this. Abandon the scaffolding, this whole life system that you built. Uh, let it let it just disintegrate, fall apart, blow over. Come with me over to the rock, and then we'll build 
on a solid foundation, and you're going to build on something that is so much better than you thought was going to give you self-acceptance and, and uh, a sense of self-worth. You're going to build it on a rock, and instead of wanting fame, you're going to help other people become successful. Instead of becoming a celebrity, you're going to want to build people up. Uh, instead of wanting to be loved, you're going to want to love other people. Uh, and, and so there was this huge shift in my life from uh, of uh, thinking that I'll be acceptable to God and get his favor on my life when I accomplish these certain things. The whole shift now became, instead of like uh, best-selling a book, it became, I really want to be a servant of other people. Instead of uh, wanting to be uh, super successful at my career, it became, I want to be content. I want to be peaceful. And you talk about, you know, you see what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. How major a shift that is? Yeah. To wake up in the morning and say, ah, oh, I can rest. There's peace. Now, we, some people might hear that and say, oh, that, well, all that's going to do then is is just cause you to, you're not going to be aggressive. You're not going to be passionate about things. You're not going to build your career. And you're not going to make an impact on the world. Total opposite is true. Uh, people that impact the world know who God is, know his favors on their life. They know who they are. They know what they're called to. They, they have a sense of confidence and peace and rest in the Holy Spirit. And out of that, uh, is, is, out of that strong foundation comes a life that people look at and they go like, how did you get content? Like contentment, it's, it's not a, you know, you go to a Christian bookstore, you're not going to find a lot of books on peace or joy or contentment. Usually it's about success and um, you know, how to uh, do this or how to be better at that. Uh, but you look at the Bible here and it's, and it's full of things like, uh, you know, my peace I leave with you, uh, peace I give to you, joy unspeakable full of glory. Uh, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Uh, if we begin to change our aims and put ourselves on that solid rock, then God's favor, see, he doesn't favor the, the, the scaffolding on the sand. He doesn't look at that and go like, oh, okay, I'll help you build that false self. I'll help you construct a life that is not the life I've called you to. I'm not going to help you do that. I'm going to, matter of fact, maybe even work against that <clears throat> until you lay it down and say, that is worthless. What is of value is, is my life built upon these, these foundations of, of the fruit of the Spirit and the, uh, the gifts of the Spirit. You've been listening to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Has an incorrect view of God sapped you of hope? Do you view God as a doer taskmaster bent on punishing you? That's not the God of the Bible. He loves you and wants to bring your life in line with His plans, a place that will bring you true happiness. If this topic has stirred something in your soul and you'd like to learn more, let me suggest you pick up Gary's latest book titled God's Favor. In it, he paints a brighter and more biblical picture of God's favor, revealing how our loving Father showers abundant resources on us, even if we aren't aware of them. But His provision doesn't and shouldn't ever stop with us. God wants our lives to show His unearned grace to a hurting, unbelieving world. To see more on this discussion of God's grace and goodness in your life, you can order a copy of God's Favor on the World Challenge website, worldchallenge.org. What happens when we confuse God's favor with our own agenda? Gary addresses that question in our next episode. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge. Sound design for this episode by Mike Hallsmith, and our producer is Chris Wigington. We hope to see you next time on the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.